All right, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back, Earl. Welcome back to myself. Fresh off the Jess for Laughs comedy bonanza on the hottest show in the festival, the Jeff Ross Roast Invitational. I'm back getting this podcast up and running. There's been a lot going on since I've left. A lot of homophobia and racism in the world of professional wrestling. Led by the one, the only, the mighty Terry Bollea, Hulk Hogan. And with me today to talk about it, uh, this might be a record-setting uh, podcast. Uh, this might be the only fourth, four-time guest on Inappropriate Earl, and uh, and only probably Hulkamaniac uh, it, defender. Yeah, well, that and Kamala. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which I don't know uh, when Kamala's the only one in your corner. Uh, it's probably time to just uh, disappear for a while, go rogue, go off the grid. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, back for more, as Rat would say, or I should say Stephen Piercy would say, Jordan Lee. What's up, Earl Nation? Just uh, trying to get the podcast back. We took about two weeks off just because I was in Montreal. And uh, what better way to bring it back? Oh, it was great. Uh, the first time uh, it was my first time at the festival, and it's crazy. Even if you're uh, not a comic or a performer, to uh, go to Just for Laughs is something everyone should do uh, at least once in your life. You've you've got every. <laughs> big name comic in the world in a one mile square radius right and you got to perform like multiple nights right it wasn't just a one night shot no no it was five straight sold out shows it was the uh, jeff ross roast invitational we had uh many amazing comics from all over the globe uh from uh jimmy uh part uh tony hinchcliffe uh joe de rosa sarah tiana uh you know tom ballard really funny gay comic from australia uh there, there you go bringing that kind of stuff up. no he was he, he's the one who beat tony so uh that shows you how good of a roaster he is yeah and uh and then jimmy took home the title against matthew broussard okay uh, yeah, jimmy's amazing yeah i don't know any of his work but i saw that he won that so I'd never heard of him before, to be honest with you, but he's got like 5 million followers on Twitter. Do you know where he's based out of? Uh, the UK, I think. Okay. And uh, he's just amazing. I don't think any LA roaster could beat him. Wow. Because uh, he's got like this... Was he using stock stuff or was, was he no, doing, no, his, doing his homework, original. looking up... St I mean, was he looking up history about the people was he doing that kind of work or was he just coming off of like physical appearance Both. type jokes? He was very... Uh, you know, it was a hard format because it was like 16 roasters, uh, eight matches, and then uh, so it was like the NCAA tournament. But, you know, the next night, if you won. And, and Tony and Sarah Tiana, to mention those two, they're pretty seasoned at that. I mean, they've, they've been writing for the roast. They've been performing in the roast battle. So oh, yeah, saying no, a lot uh, for this guy. Ashley Barnhill, uh, mm. who's uh, one of the young rising uh stars of uh the la roast battle uh she was uh, in it too and uh kay trevor uh the very funny canadian comic he was uh one of the uh, rising stars up there at this uh show and uh, but jimmy carr is uh he's an animal and uh, then and then not to be outdone 
Terry Balea sticks his foot in the ring. Oh, well, it was great because I think that happened the second night we were up there, and you know, me and Whitney Rice playing the house racist or haters. We're kind of we go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we uh, that was great news for us. Uh, we came out to the Hulk Hogan theme song. I think the third night and got a big laugh. Well, it is such a Hulk Hogan thing to to have to try and one up th- th- whatever's going on in the world, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they should bring him back and uh, for WrestleMania 32. And- well, dude, as if they're not gonna come on. This is smoke and mirrors. Yeah, but they should have him do a battle royal, like a Royal Rumble type, with every black wrestler on the roster. <laughs> Everybody you ever fought? Oh, uh, yeah. Just bring them all back. Bring every black uh, wrestler that's alive. Uh, yeah, that know. ain't many of them. No, you could probably bring SD Jones and his brother, uh, Kamala. Coco Beware. You could wheel Kamala down the ramp <laughs> and uh, put him on one of those jet packs where he just, like, fly into the ring. Yeah. And, uh, who else was – Who else? Uh, but, well, I think Bad News Brown is dead. Uh, Ron Simmons, Butch Reed, uh, Coco Beware. Mabel. Uh, I think he's dead. Yeah, I think so. – yeah. Viscera. Right. Mabel and Viscera were the same character. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's dead. So you're not going to bring that. Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, he's around, but I don't think the WWE would uh, use him again. Uh, let me see. Uh, Norman Smiley, uh, Dennis Rodman, uh, Mark Henry. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Come on, man. Uh, who else? What other? Were there ever? Hold on. Were there other than Virgil? Was there anybody black in the NWO? Um, no, just, uh, uh, just Virgil was the, uh, and he was kind of an outsider of the outsiders. That's when you knew uh, the NWO had run its course when, uh, Virgil and Horace Hogan were in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, you know, but, uh, Hogan's, uh, you know, apparently He's not, in hot water. not a fan of, uh, the, uh, the black race and, uh, by the way, uh, I'd like to. We have a special promotion, and it t- kind of ties into what we're talking about. Um, I uh, recently bought about twelve books uh, from www.kamalaspeaks.com uh, to give away as uh, prizes to listeners. And if you can uh, tweet me, uh, N- not only are they books, Earl. We've discovered they are signed books. Yeah, autograph. I, I thought he just he autograph. He gave me two autograph pictures, and then uh, I uh, bought twelve books from him because he gets a hundred percent of the profits, and it helps him with his medical costs, which is uh, substantial because he has no legs. And uh, maybe the WWE can put him in a match with Hornswoggle or something. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> that little Mexican luchador, he's pretty funny actually, but I, I don't really know his name. But uh, you know, we're gonna do a special promotion our first uh trivia contest on inappropriate earl is uh what two episodes of inappropriate earl was the n-word set in and uh they're they're very spread out so i'm going to force all of you to uh listen to all 72 episodes (laughs) and uh or i'll I'll even uh do you have enough listeners to that you feel confident that this will Oh yeah, I get about uh, about two thousand downloads a week. Which okay, is, that's good. It's not a lot. I mean, when you hear, uh, I think Maybe it's Rogan, a lot considering how many podcasts there are out there to be to be found. You know. Yeah, I mean, like Rogan gets like a hundred thousand plus. I think Piper yeah. gets like at least uh, you know fifty thousand a week when he has a new episode out. So uh, you know, two thousand. Uh, 
it's not the most, but I, I think uh, whenever I go on SoundCloud and check other podcasts, I unless they're celebrity podcasts, seem to get better numbers. So uh, I can't wait to see what your fans from the Ruddy Ruddy Piper podcast have yeah. to say about this being your your first contest. This might got be some real yeah. haters on there. Oh yeah, they're out of their minds. I mean, you go on the YouTube comments uh, on the Periscope uh, for Piper's uh, Pit Pod. <laughs> And uh, one guy's like, all you do is racial jokes. You're costing Piper, you know, uh, fans. And Oh, that's horseshit, man. I listen to those and you're fucking great. But I don't do racial jokes. No, I- in fact, I think one of my favorite jokes that you've done recently was when you guys had uh, the great Lanny Poffo the genius on there and you said something he said that he'd never done an angle with hogan and you said was it because you couldn't think up anything that rhymed with hogan you piece of shit and you got a pretty good laugh out of him which meant a lot to me to make lanny poffo laugh oh yeah uh, he was actually a really nice guy and uh but you know uh the, it has the n-word has been said on two episodes of inappropriate earl well <laughs> and one you might guess who it is because it was a recent one but there was yeah. one uh i'd say about 30 or 40 uh episodes ago where the uh and i'll give you a hint a, a white gentleman said it thinking that i would edit it out but i don't edit this podcast they probably don't know how uh, no, I actually do know how to add it. Uh, you know, I had one uh, particular uh, guest want me to edit out like seven things, and I did it. So uh, I think it compromises the honesty of your podcast when you do that. Well, I mean, uh, it's not like I'm getting people to, you know, say homophobic or racist stuff on the podcast. Hey, well, okay, this ties in with the Hogan thing, man, is that doing a podcast is kind of like what what Hogan did. It's you're saying things you're just out there saying things and uh sometimes you don't think them through before you say them or uh sometimes you don't realize that they're ever they're ever going to be heard by anybody else. You know, yeah, which, which mean, is, you know, totally what happened to him. This is not news that Hogan is kind of a piece of shit, you know, or Terry Balea. Let's say Terry Balea, because this is kind of where I'm having a problem is that I view Hulk Hogan as a character. Hulk Hogan was a character with the WWF and the WWE that helped build a, a brand and basically represented one thing. Racism. You know, well, dude, but he didn't. You know, if you look at the 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 good that he's done, it far outweighs the bad that he's done. I mean, I kind of equate it, and I know a lot of people probably say it's bullshit, but I I equate it to like the Michael Richards thing, where it's like that you was his you best set ever, right? Well, you don't you don't have to hate Kramer because you hate Michael Richards. You know, you don't have to hate, you, can, you don't have to go, oh, he's not my favorite character on Seinfeld anymore because he's a racist, possibly in real life or probably in real life. You know, Hogan's been known. I mean, this is not news. What Ultimate Warrior did a two hour shoot video and all the complaints and bitches that he has about Hulk Hogan as a person and Hulk Hogan as a character or Terry Balea. You know, he keeps bringing that up. So they are differences. It's just unfortunate that Terry Balea makes himself so stupid. You know, he has to be out there doing so much stuff that he puts himself in the position to uh, put his foot in his mouth like this. 
Well, I mean, uh, by the way, that uh, Ultimate Warrior rant is the greatest. Uh, how this thing didn't break the internet. I'll never know. <laughs> I know. It is pretty miraculous, dude. I mean, it's a basically an hour straight of a warrior interviewing himself. Didn't take a break, no edits, no pauses. And uh, he kept it real, man. Yeah, he sure did. For an hour straight. He says he outlines on there how, how you know just what a two faced, yeah, basic con man that Hulk Hogan is, and I, you know, dude, it's we're not. I don't think we're breaking any walls here by letting people know that these are guys who are actors who are characters doing f- a physical performance art, and I mean to to, to think that Hulk Hogan should be removed completely from the organization taken out of the hall of fame for this. I mean, this was something that was, I think this was the part of the stolen sex video. Wasn't this, this was audio from that. That was leaked. That was under court protection. So it was meant for nobody to be heard, but dude, I come from Ohio and you grew up and you're older than me. Even, I mean, I knew a lot of people that used that word growing up, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they were awful people. They're just ignorant people that grew up with a, with people older than them that used it out of ignorance. And it's just one of those things that hasn't died off because people keep saying it on, on, on every race. Every race is using that word. You know, I hear, I've heard Latinos. I've heard, I hear black people use it. I hear white people use it. As long as people are using it, it's going to be out there floating around. Oh, yeah. I mean, I told this uh, story about the first time I ever heard the word. I thought it was a compliment. Right. Right. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I've heard you tell that story. It's like, how would you know? It was just it was it was said so willy nilly. And I knew people the same way, you know, people you would meet. You could be out fishing and you'd meet somebody and they'd throw that word around. You're like, Jesus. But you just I mean, it was just a different time. And. Fuck, man. Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan. I mean, the guy is just... The guy represented something to a whole generation of people, and I just don't think that they're going to hold this against him. Yeah, but it was pretty hard. uh, Oh, dude, it was was terrible, but I I also... I I equate it to uh, people that burn the flag. Some people feel like it should be, you know, against the law, there should be a huge penalty, but then there's another group of people that are like, I want to know... Like I want people to be themselves. I want to know who these people are, so at least they're showing, they're they're being themselves. You know, you can hate them for them being them. I would rather them be them than to be phony and and pretend that they're, you know, some person that that is out there loving everybody. If you if you hate a group of people, by God, then you know, if he's gonna make it known or if people want to want to feel that way, then we should all know it so we know not to be around them if we're not like that. Yeah, but when you're in an industry that revolves around sponsors... Uh, oh, I mean, know, totally. And, and, dude, he should have been gone a long time ago. Well, They've I mean, been keeping him around. He's in, what, part of Tough Enough right now? Not anymore. Well, no, he's not. But every single WrestleMania... What was it, two WrestleManias ago, he fucked up the name of the arena that they were performing in. He well, met, you know, he also fucked up Sting's performance. Well, that's what I was going to say next. If it wasn't bad enough that he fucked up two years ago, then he fucks up Sting's thing this year. It's like, 
The, the, it's Vince's fault. He keeps making the guy a centerpiece for the entire corporation. Maybe Sting set him up. Maybe Sting leaked the recording. <laughs> you so, think so? You think this is all part of a grand plan? It was a screw job by Sting. <laughs> I think uh, Quiznos set up Jared. I think it was all a Sting. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Get it? A Sting. Jesus Christ. So, who knows, man? But, uh, you know, what a surprise that someone who looks like Hulk Hogan would say the N-word. Well, dude, I mean... Brother. Here's the funny thing about the guy. He's exploited black people his whole career. That whole industry has. Well, that's the thing is that how are you going to make, how are you going to be uh, such a hypocrite like WWE when they were the ones broadcasting this, you know, having Roddy Piper uh, busting Jimmy Snuka over the head with coconuts and, you know, all that stuff back then was racist. It all, it all was. I remember all of it. And even Kamala said in, uh, Kamala speaks. Yeah, in some interview I heard, he was saying there's a point where Hulk Hogan comes up to him and goes, "Man, I sure hope you're uh you're getting your your pockets filled with with our our gigs cuz I sure am." And he's like, "I wasn't making anything. Hogan's pulling in 20,000 bucks a night for our, you know, our uh Broadways or what well, I mean, Kamala wasn't doing any Broadways, but well, I think Kamala said the most he made at like a Madison Square Garden show was like you know, 10 grand and then Hogan would be making like 50. Yeah, exactly. It was never, it was never, a, it was never a fair cut. And also, that's, the, uh, well, to be a black wrestler, every, especially back then in I'll the eighties, every black wrestler they had was a stereotype. And I mean, Jesus, every ethnic wrestler they had was a stereotype. Oh, yeah, yeah, even the, uh, white wrestlers, they turned into black wrestlers like Akeem, John yeah. Cena. Yeah, John Cena. By the way, if you think wrestling's fake, watch John Cena get his nose broken. Oh, no shit. Uh, this past Monday on Raw. With Seth the, Rollins? By Seth Rollins. Take, I mean, uh, it, that's, you know, wrestling might be f- scripted, but... Uh, it's like physical, man. Seeing if you pussies listening to this podcast take a Seth Rollins knee and continue the match and do it well. I mean, I don't like John Cena and his wigger shtick, but, you know... Hey man, those guys are on twenty four seven. I mean, if you think about it, they really have to be in character from the time they leave their hotel to the time they go back to their hotel if they want to be any good at all. You got to live that character. Well, but I mean, that's and this clip is. I never saw this clip before, but because uh, of what Hogan said, everyone started hearing this clip where the uh, Booker T thing. No, the another one where John Cena's like in the back warming up or something, and just out of camera frame is Booker T and Charmel and Vince McMahon comes up and goes uh, and you know almost talking like Akeem to John Cena uh what it be bro what up my nigga and Whoa. John Cena well, said I'm like what and then the camera goes to Booker T and his eyes are bugging out of his head going tell me he didn't just say that so I mean this is the order of the company see dude it's the hypocrisy. That's what pisses me off. To, see, to me, this makes WWE look worse than Hulk Hogan in my eyes because Hulk Hogan saying that, I assume that everybody has said that. I mean, you know, we were all, I was talking to Mr. C and Cliff up at the uh, outside the belly room. To a comedy store fans. And black gentlemen. And I made the comment of, hey, I wonder if I'm allowed to wear my Hulkamania shirt around here. And the the comment out of both of them was, fuck, man, I'd wear that shirt around here. 
Oh yeah. So they got no. They have no problem with it. I mean, they said the same thing. They're like, "Hey, man, he's just being honest about the way he feels. At least I know now. Yeah. You know, he didn't say he didn't want his daughter to sleep with all of them. He just said, no. He said he wanted her to sleep with the ones making the money. Yeah. An eight foot. Yeah. So I mean, who wouldn't want their daughter to sleep with an eight foot black person? If I had a daughter, I certainly wouldn't mind it. Uh, so, you know, that sex tape, you know, I'm more offended by that sex tape than his use of the N-word. Plus, you got to remember at that time, the guy's pretty much his whole world was in turmoil. Wasn't that when his son was in prison, his wife was taking everything? The, the guy was is... probably just as paranoid as fucking could be. And that brings out the worst in everyone. I mean... Yeah, his wife was fucking some guy who looked like him, and he's seen on TMZ lathering up his daughter, putting suntan lotion by her butthole or something. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what was going on there. You sure that wasn't an angle? Uh, it might have been, but who knows? I mean, TNA was really, uh, you know, they brought Brooke Hogan in. I, I, I haven't watched TNA in the I don't think this is a career killer for Hogan. I do, dude. I, you think so? You think this yeah. is the final nail? I mean, he's gotten himself into trouble before. Yeah, but the N-word, it's just a, di it's a different era, man. I mean, you'd think it would have gotten him a promotion in the WWE, but, you know, it's just it with sponsors now, you, can't, you couldn't bring him back. It'd just be too much. The Sharptons, the Farrakhans, uh, you know, the MSNBCs of the world would, like, you just, you just can't. I mean, it's the hard ER. End. I know, dude, but also, is WWE not the number one company to give second chance after second chance to these guys. Yeah, but they've never even had. people. I mean, Bret Hart spitting Vince's face on film. I mean, it, it, on yeah, a live pay-per-view and still fucking came back. Yeah, but they've never had a, their number one star of all time, you know, cutting a ludicrous record into a tape recorder. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's not like he said it once. You know, if he says it once, no, right, and he called himself up. a racist in it. Yeah, but that doesn't help. I mean, it, you no, know, hey, I know, I know it like, doesn't. You know, but Michael Richard, I mean, people are willing to forgive OJ for chopping two people's heads off. I uh, just, man, I hate the, I hate the idea of ruining somebody's life over something that was never supposed to be heard. Yeah, but I also heard uh, breaking news that he there's also some gay comments there too, and you know, so it's it's one thing. He's old school, man. Man. I yeah. hate, I'm not defending him, but that's. But it's new era. He's I know he might he's, be old he's living, school. He's living in a a world where you can't say anything, man. But you know, you, it's one thing to get the blacks against you, but once the fags get on you, it's over. <laughs> So, I mean, gay. Well, you live in their neighborhood, so I mean, I figured. Listen, I'm the most gay friendly. Don't don't uh, anyone out there tell me I'm homophobic. No, I live on Larrabee, which for those of you who don't know where Larrabee is, it's in the butthole of the gay community. So, uh, Earl's I, got his finger right in it. Yeah, I mean, I got Village People albums. He's got flaming I, saddles right around the corner. Got flaming saddles to my left, Mickey's to my right, Rage to my right. Uh, you know, I suppose support gay businesses so he's got people fucking in his bushes half the time oh yeah guys jacking off right outside my condo so you know i'm very i go to two gay gyms so uh now dude i mean because this is a good topic for you because you play a house racist i mean you, you i would think that you would be in the same type of position you're playing a character and yeah. yet the things that you say during that character can be trans uh 
transformed into people believing that it's your real life. But here's the difference. Hogan meant what he was saying. <laughs> you know, I'm playing an Archie Bunker character at Rose. I know, but people don't know. A lot of people don't know that. You've told me that people have come up to you and just a few people. You'd have to be an idiot to think I mean what I say at Rose Battle. I mean, you know, I do it so over the top and in such a pro wrestling voice that you, you, I outside of a few idiots, you know, last night it was completely sold out room, standing room only. Uh, even in Montreal. Uh, now, didn't you say that the N-word became chanted throughout the room last night? Yeah, but that was uh, by the Negro wave. They're okay, allowed. but see, that's also part of my black. point. Not Jeremiah's not. Well, he wasn't saying it. There's only the black members. Okay, but see, that's part of the thing, though, dude. If, pe- if they're going to make it so, you know, if it's going to be okay for it to be said in one one aspect it's just making it worse for for the whole word to be out there yeah but black people can say it. it's like i'm jewish i can do a, a holocaust joke and it's like i think i can do a holocaust joke because you know I, but but i don't think you would i've done it are you kidding me i always talk about how the holocaust was the first bringer show <laughs> i mean Hitler made each of those people bring eight of their friends, and then they all jumped into the ovens once the warm-up act was over. I'd love to know how Hogan's, uh, all the people that he's worked with throughout time are going to treat him now. Well, the Mr. I mean, T's, the Zeus's, the Kamala's, the Virgil's. Oh, the- I mean, dude, he's been in an angle with just about every black performer other than Coco Beware that I can think of. Well, the good thing is most of them are dead, so uh, he doesn't have to worry <laughs> about it. have too many problems. I mean, pro wrestlers have a, a lifespan of, uh, you know, a new mid-season replacement show on Fox. So, uh, you know, and black pro wrestlers uh, die uh, fairly young as well, so... Um, I mean, Kamala's really holding on, you know, the great Jim Harris. Now, like, what you said that he was the only one defending Hulk. What did he say? I didn't hear about this. They just said Hulk Hogan wasn't racist and that he helped him out a lot when they were Hulk Hogan was making a lot of money and, and, uh, you know, he would always uh, take care of Kamala and made sure he got more than he uh, was promised. And, uh, Kamala actually thanks Hulk Hogan and the warrior uh, for being the, probably the two nicest guys to him. He said the warrior would always let him come in this limousine and huh. stay in his hotel. Like, you know, warrior would be off banging some twat. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, poor, poor Kamala was probably trying to fucking shelter out the screams of Brooklyn Brawler and Pat yeah, Patterson Pat in the Patterson. next room. So, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, I think a lot of people have negative things to say about Hogan and warrior, but I find it funny that at least with Kamala, they were the two guys he cites as being the nicest to him. So, uh, you know, don't always believe what you read and, uh, you know, and right. And he, I mean, and he was as green and he was pretty much a rube when he came in, he would have been the easiest one for anybody to take advantage of and screw over and fuck over. And Jerry, the King Lawler is actually the one who, uh, right. Invented Kamala. Yeah. That helped him get started and everything. Bad news. uh, What was his name? Bad news. Brown. No, no, no. What was, uh, Kamala's name? He was bad news. Harrison or something like that. You know, I don't for a know. while before he got start before he met Lawler, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. It's probably Bad News Harris or something. You got to read the book, everybody. Kamala Speaks. There's so many great stories. Go on uh, KamalaSpeaks.com. He'll autograph it. It's not that much. It's like 20 bucks or something. You should get Kamala to do a podcast over... Over the phone or something with you? Yeah, I'm just not... Uh, I, I might be... I, you know, I don't know how to do... Uh, I know I'm missing out on a few great guests because they don't want to come down here. Uh, but I just like having people here. It's just easier. It's like a talk show in my yeah. house. So... Uh, well, he might be a little difficult to get in here. But I, yeah. I still think he'd be a great guest. Oh, he'd be awesome. I mean, he, he'd keep it real. And uh, I know there's a couple rock and rollers who said they would do it, but... You know, they don't want to come here, but, uh, so, you know, I miss a few guests here and there, but I got a guy from Hell's Kitchen coming on next week. So what, like one of the judges or no, one, one of the, the uh, the chefs, uh, Josh Travato, who was, uh, he was like the obnoxious big Italian guy from, uh, last, uh, previous season. Uh, I guess this last season, I saw him at the comedy store one night on the stage and I'm like, did you watch that show? You know, oh, I love Hell's was? Kitchen. I was an eater on Hell's Kitchen one season. <laughs> No shit. Yeah, it's all right. The food kind of sucked, but I mean, you know, it's like, you know, of course your food's That's probably like your biggest credit. Of course uh, it is. DB credit. Uh, Of course the food sucks. You're getting it cooked by chefs who like are actors and, you know, line cooks at, you know, Tenderloin Grill in Pomona. So, of course it's going to be shitty food. Not sponsored. I'd rather... uh, Get a meal by Kamala at Abdullah's or uh, Abdullah uh, the butcher at his place in Atlanta. Abdullah's ribs. Another guy Hogan had a yeah an angle with. Guy, I mean, uh, dude, he's had an angle with just literally like you know. I think Hogan's the he's that kind of racist where he's like, I'll let you in my car, but not in my house. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, what, let you me, can share my locker room and drink my beer, but you can't rape my daughter or uh, unless you're eight foot and make a yeah. Mama. Unless you make a billion dollars, apparently. Well, I don't know a lot of uh, eight-foot black people, but I'm sure Hulk Hogan's... Uh, well, I think Lamar Odom's available now. But he's not quite eight feet, so we're going to have to... Maybe Hulk Hogan should start a new dating website. Uh, I don't know. Call it uh, where eight-foot black people meet.com. Hogan match. Yeah, Hogan, Hogan uh, black people meet.com who are over eight feet. Someone register that domain. So... I'll be curious to see what happens to his legacy out of all this. Well, I should I, mean, I should have went on eBay and looked around just to see if the prices of his stuff has, have dropped or if there's a ton of stuff more for sale, people dumping it or just I'm just curious as to how the fans are reacting to it. Well, of course, because no, you know uh, the first thing I thought was, oh shit, I can't wait till Monday when Stone Cold, Jim Ross, all these guys put up their weekly podcast and they talk about it. Well, lo and behold, guess what? None of them talked about it. Of course, because they've all probably said the they, word as much as hope. Well, not only that, but they've probably all got the WWE stranglehold. Yeah, that's the great thing about this podcast. Stone Cold's the cover of the new video game, and yet they've pulled Hogan completely from the game now. Are you telling me Stone Cold's never said the N-word? A guy from Texas? Oh, I can't imagine he would have. Especially in stunning Steve Austin. Exactly. They, you know, in WCW, when they probably paired him with, uh, you know, Ron Simmons. Uh, you know, uh, 
and you know i love how wwe they're so fucking hypocritical you know they are instructing security guards at all house shows to take away any hulk hogan signs or any hulk hogan t-shirts you have to turn them inside out or get a they give you a t-shirt like roman reigns or something but you know they'll still let the crowd yell faggot you know yeah and, and yet they'll still let that axle guy have his axle mania shirts that are a direct rip off of the logo of hulkamania yeah that shit's still around i mean it's just like and you know they fire hulk hogan for being racist and you know i've talked yep, about they had the junkyard dog they had slick slick kamala you know uh i don't uh, i think abdullah the butcher was in wwe if there's i mean you've said it before but you're absolutely right there couldn't have been more of an insensitive company when it comes to race oh gender my. they're just i mean they're the most sexist racist company that's probably ever been putting out anything on television as far as the entertainment business and they're the ones that want to distance themselves from hogan it's like the fans too are just as racist i was watching that the billy and chuck gay wedding clip and like just as they're about to get married uh, billy gunn is like well you know uh, i'm not gay and then the whole crowd erupts <laughs> you know like it was the worst thing in the world if he actually was gay you know and <laughs> so uh you know and how they treat women and and then gay characters black characters mexican characters you know right that, yeah they were uh th- well dude think about this i was i was watching an old uh wrestling show on the network the other day and fucking jesse the body ventura was calling tito santana a taco head oh yeah i mean, I mean come on that that's not racist watch some of those you know and, and jesse ventura coming out in the ring in a plato's retreat shirt which was like a kind of an underground gay sex club in new york jesus you know and and like uh, i mean there's so many racist and divisive characters they've had you know eugene playing a mentally retarded uh, eric bischoff's cousin you know uh that that one wrestler who had one leg and like you know the, the elderly abuse they made may young and fucking the fabulous moolah you know have mark henry put his hand <laughs> in her pussy and like uh you she know. gave birth to a hand yeah. oh my god what is that and you know uh, pat patterson letting him run around for 30 years backstage I do mean, you remember when they did the the transgender match or whatever where the him and him and uh briscoe were dressed up like ladies doing a drag fight yeah i mean the way they embarrass these guys and then they're so f- wwe is such a phony fucking company like you know they make it all sad when dusty Rhodes recently died when you watch the last couple angles they put them in wearing the big fucking polka dot outfit you know onesie you know just <laughs> just embarrassing this guy to bury him you know how they buried sting and you know uh it's i mean they're insane you know so to fire hogan for being racist when probably every guy on the roster has said the n-word multiple times it's, well it's going to be an interesting scramble by that company now to find a face for the 
for it because they can't. I don't know if they can go to The Rock for it because no, he's, he's doing too, too much other shit. He yeah, do, he don't need to. Come what are they back. gonna go Cena? Or are they gonna go? Uh, I think people are tired of Cena, but that's what I figure. But I mean, who? Daniel Bryant's good, but he's always hurt. I think it's too. I think his time's passed. He gets hurt too much. Yeah, I think his. And it's not a knock on him. It's just it's a br- brutal. Dude, business. I would love to see them give Kevin Owens a push, man. I see that guy being another Stone Cold Steve Austin. He could. Not, I mean, not quite as much of a, not not quite as over the top as Stone Cold, but I think he's got that villain factor that people just love. I love him, man. I mean, he's one of the few people out there wrestling that I actually believe and get excited when I watch him. I, f- I feel like the guy is like really in, into doing what he's doing. Oh, yeah, he's great. And uh, they got Samoa Joe in, in yeah. NXT. But, you know, oh, dude, another guy they've just fucking held back forever. He's been buried for so long in TNA. It's like... You know, I don't know if he can recover from that. You know, he's like, the one that everybody's calling for. They'd love to see Undertaker have a. Yeah, well, they got to hurry with the Undertaker. I mean, he's got dude. He was looking pretty old when he came out there in uh, that last. What was it? Last, the one the uh, other night, break, Battleground or whatever. Yeah, Battleground. But dude, he when did, those lights went on, I was like, he looks like. I mean, it's like watching Clint Eastwood. It's like you want to look at him and think he's still cool, but you're going. Dude, I'm afraid when he picks it, tries to pick up Lesnar, his arm's going to break off. But he I mean, picked him up twice. I know. Dude, he's just going so slow. I know he's always worked slow, but now he just looks old and methodical. Well, that's why they got to put him in there against Sting, because it's two slow guys who will look fast working with but each other. But then who wins that one? Do you want to see Sting go down Sting. again? They're not going to. They got to have Sting win at SummerSlam, and you build him up a little bit, and then... You know, I don't know. They'll find some way to fuck up that that storyline. But uh, he'd be the perfect guy to bring into things right now. Yeah, they, yeah. Could, they could make the history more about Sting or about you know whatever. Kind of forget about Hogan or. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they but or they Flair. Got Flair says they keep telling him to go in for physicals. And Flair's too old, man. No. I know. Well, not as far as wrestling, but I mean, they'll just start. You'll start seeing him at Raw and shit like that more often now. What you know? What they should do is you know have Flair and Sting come in. You have Sting wrestle and oh, dude, that would be great. Steamboat come in. Yeah. Well, no, nah, I don't know about Steamboat. I don't think enough people care about him. But like that. Yeah, but that was such a. I mean, that was so historic. Some of that stuff. The Sting Flair. Yeah, but I mean, enough people Steamboat. know who Sting is. Where like okay, like at his. WrestleMania match with uh, Triple H, like you know, young people kind of got into him. They're like, okay, this guy's pretty good, and then they ruined the match with those fucking geriatrics running in or walking in. Uh, you know, it's, just horrible. it's horrible. I'm still mad about that. Not one person has been able to explain to me why Sting should have lost at WrestleMania. Dude, I've never, I mean... It's horrible. I, I didn't understand anything about that. I didn't understand why Shawn Michaels was down there. I didn't understand any of that stuff. That I liked, actually. I thought, okay, if you take out the run-ins with, you know... Uh, the well, they were just trying to make it the click versus NWO. But it, it made no sense. But, but I know because Sting was never a part of either one of them. He ne- Sting, for not one day on earth, was ever aligned with the NWO black and white. Not one day. Him, DDP, and... Uh, 
and what's it, Goldberg. All three of those guys were guy. I mean, those were the three that I would have expected to see, you know, involved with Sting, if anybody. Well, that's what they should have done. You, you, what they should have done is you act like the NWO is there to save Sting from the DX, and then they turn on him too. And then, uh, well, you couldn't have the lights go out because, you know, they're outdoors, but you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and they were doing this thing during the fucking broad daylight. Yeah, I mean, you have whatever, you have the lights go out as much as you can there. And then Goldberg comes down, cleans house, and, uh, you know, puts... Well, I don't think we'll ever see Goldberg. Yeah, but they, you they know... They fucking hate... I mean, uh, Triple H, I've seen that guy on numerous things just bury Goldberg just when he's paying brought 500 up. grand. It's worth it. You, I mean, then they're so fucking stupid. And, and you talk about what's best for business, Triple H. I know, right? What's best for business is these young fucking fans, the probably nine years old to say, you know, 25 to 30 who don't know who Sting is, you have them beat you. They're like, who's this guy who just beat Triple H? I want to buy his DVDs. I want to buy his But t-shirts. you're right, dude. They got to fix the hair. They got to make him look fucking cool. Well, that's going to be tough. He's either got to shave it or he's got to like, I mean, there's nothing you can well, do. Well, look at, look at what Warrior did. War- yeah. Warrior just just shaved it off and then put the makeup on and I mean went at it that way. Maybe he goes back to surfer staying. But oh, but yeah. By the way, dude, you know I just wanted to offer my condolences about Laura Donna because yeah. she was on the podcast and told some really great Warrior stories that we I mean we would have never heard otherwise if you wouldn't have had her on and. Yeah, if you don't uh, know what Jordan is talking about, uh, let me see what episode she was on. I think it was uh, 17. My friend, uh, Lori Adana Nessie, you might have known her as the Legal Diva. She was on the uh, Sundance. Uh, she's actually episode 15. Uh, she was uh, a week ago today. It was uh, killed by, uh, allegedly, by her husband, uh, who, or I know, I, boyfriend, I guess. They weren't married. Uh, who I met several times. They seemed like a perfect couple. But, uh, you know, I'm not trying to bump up the numbers for the episode, but if, uh, you know, she was uh, killed last Wednesday, she was episode 15 of Inappropriate Girl. She was an awesome person. How did uh, you find out? uh, I I went on, uh, I was in Montreal, you know, at the festival, and I think I, you know, went online to research, uh, I don't know, Montreal jokes, you know, local references, and uh, it's all over the news, and... uh, you know, it's uh, what a bummer, man. Just, yeah, uh, they seem like the perfect couple. You know, two dogs, she, yeah, cats, kid, kid Rocco, who I met a few times, and then uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, uh, you got a brief. Look Sounds like it. a WWE angle to me, man. Yeah, no, she was uh, no, kind of no in, rationale to it. <laughs> she was involved in the wrestling world, uh, you know, to a degree. She was a fitness. Uh, Slash bodybuild uh, model, I guess you'd say. Uh, yeah. And uh, she had to tell the great story. I, I'm forgetting the gist of it, but she met Warrior. Uh, and I think Warrior was, uh, you know, trying to In a to gym, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was at a Gold's gym somewhere back east, actually. And, uh, you know, I, I, they might have gone on a few dates or something. But uh, she was always a fan. And uh, he gave her... Uh, I, think, I think if you go on my uh, Instagram or Facebook, I'm not sure which... Uh, she has a uh, I think it's Instagram there's a great picture of her wearing a jacket warrior gave her uh, a denim jacket uh, so yeah but she was uh, you know she'll be messed and uh, she's a great great lady so um, you know I hope she uh, is in a better place and I hope if uh, Robert Reagan did it he, you know 
you know, spends the rest of his life getting butt fucked by uh, the booty band. Sure, he will. So it's uh, and he's a good looking guy. So in prison, uh, those guys, uh, you know, uh, don't last too long. But, Especially uh, when they kill their wives. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then the kid, you know, hopefully Rocco. I think uh, Lori Donna's uh, brothers are, you know, adopting or raise a kid and what a bummer for the kid you know it's oh, man. your mom probably never see your dad again deservedly so if he did it yeah uh well i guess he did it it's just yeah i mean defense, it, but oh is that what it is i hadn't heard that but i just heard all the evidence it was pretty obvious it was him well yeah i mean it's only two people in the house i mean unless they're going to try and pin it on one of the uh, adopted dogs but i don't uh gardener yeah, the uh, well, you know, there's always room to blame in a minority, so exactly. I'm sure the lawyer will, uh, uh, you know, try and find an angle there. But uh, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's uh, a lot of sick people out there, and uh, dude, it can happen at any time. Oh yeah, it's I mean, crazy. Life's a weird thing that way. You know, it's a lot of uh, you know that you got a brief look into their lives. If uh, I think the show is called The Legal Diva. No, no, it was called Lori Donna Esquire on a Sundance. It's only uh, one season. And, uh, you know, they always would show them arguing about uh, home repairs and, uh, you know, uh, different uh, relationship uh, issues. So, uh, but it, I don't think anyone watching would think that, you know, a year later. You're probably the only one that ever had her on as a, a podcast guest. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, she she was on the View a lot as like the legal consultant, right? But you got to a different different part of her life. Yeah, yeah, here. no, it was. Uh, I think uh, you know podcasts are still uh, certainly not new, but uh, you know they're like basically the new talk show, uh, you know, format. So I was lucky to. Uh, she was one of the earlier ones too and she was one of the ones where i thought well if i get people who are on tv you know maybe the numbers will be a little better than just interviewing my funny friends and uh, yeah you know like at that time i was only getting like david arquette except they don't have a twitter well he didn't have facebook or twitter and it's like that one probably would have been a chart buster for that me. was a great episode too oh he was great but then uh you know, Laura Donna was probably the first one that, you know, of a TV personality I had on the show. It was like, oh, my God, she she got basically five times the numbers of anyone else I've had on. And then I started. She was really the uh, the genesis of me going after, you know, uh, bigger name guests, wrestlers. And, well, dude, uh, now you can get Hogan on here because he's going to have free he time. probably would. I would, uh, you know, I got a few uh, wacky uh uh, guest ideas that I thought, fuck, I'm just going to start asking these big celebrities. I think you should, man. I don't, I've never understood what the, the holdup is with some of the, the connections that you have that you could have people on here. Well, I'm, I'm trying. Not. It's, it's not as easy as you'd think it would be, but, uh, you know, it, it's, um, I know, but pe if people go on there and look at your reviews and stuff, they're, I mean, they're going to see you have a fan base that, yeah. I mean, I got, you know, Rob Schneider, you got uh, fucking Andrew Jacobs on there lighting up the entire social media scene. Uh, yeah. He's breaking the internet for me. And, uh, you know, I've got, uh, the singer for rat still is, uh, one of the, all that's the number one, uh, episode by far. And what's uh, he up to? What about having him back for a second? Uh, he was so tough to get the first time. I don't know if I have the energy to get him a second time. have to time. buy more Mike Knuckles. Uh, of course, John Philbin, Turtle from the North Shore, is a very popular episode. I'd love for you to have the guy from uh, that does your theme song back. 
Oh, Stevie Rochelle. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great episode. Oh, he's great. I mean, he was, you know, I'm trying to get more guys from the scene. I got, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Steve Stevens from Billy Idol said he would do it, but they're on tour in the UK. Mm. That would be be awesome. Well, because he's been around for like 40 years. Well, he used to live, doesn't he now or did live in Japan and like was doing music for like playing with Japanese artists and stuff too? Uh, I don't. Thanks. I, I mean, I know David Lee Roth lives in Japan. Uh, I know, but I thought Steve. I, I'll have to look it up. I thought for sure he was there because he was. I thought he played guitar on like some, like uh, Japanese girl bands record or something. That's possible. I mean, uh, I, I, I obviously I would ask him about Billy Idol and Vince Neil and uh, some of the outside rock records he did. Uh, you know, he did a great flamenco record. Oh yeah. That uh, you know, if I didn't tell you who it was and just said listen to this, you'd be like, wow, this guy's amazing. But then if I showed you a picture of him, this is the guy who did that record. Oh, my God, this guy looks like a Jersey Shore housewife. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he does. But, you know, I want to talk to him about, uh, you know, he was the guitar player on Peter Chris's first solo record after Kiss. Oh, yeah, I'd love to know what that was like. I mean, that had to be insane because, you know, the record company was telling Peter Chris, you don't need Kiss anymore. You'll be a bigger band than Kiss will. And so I'm sure he told everyone in the band, hey, this is the next Kiss. And uh, I think I get more podcast lessons than he did sales on that album. So. You know, I would love to just, you know, pick a... I like get, getting guests on here and asking them questions about their non-traditional uh, career paths, you know. Well, like, that's what the, that's what your fan... That's what the people that listen want to hear, to be honest with you, because you know how many podcasts I listen to where it's like, I've, I've heard the same story seven or eight times because it's like the same people... Yeah, they're I mean, a guest on various people's podcasts. They're getting asked the same questions. I mean, you can only ask Steve Stevens so many th- times about, hey, tell us what's it like to play with Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's it like to, what was Vince Neil like when you tell left Billy Idol? Tell us about Flamenco Go-Go. Yeah, I mean, Flamenco Go-Go. Tell us about that. Tell us about the records you did with uh, Levin and Terry Bozio. Uh, you know, just great. Uh, I mean, you won't find three better musicians than those guys. Uh, so, and I think they dig that. Like when you just, you know, it's like he's been asked about Rebel Yell probably 30 fucking years. Oh, of course, dude. So, I mean, yeah, I'm going to briefly ask. I'd love to know what it's like playing the same song for 30 years. How do you keep the energy and the excitement of playing the same songs? I mean, he's got to play those songs. That's what the people that are coming to see him expect but jesus well he does a good job because he always has these weird special effects like if you watch uh when billy idol was on jimmy kimmel a couple months ago uh when they did rebel yell he took out this like it looks like a, a power tool or whatever it's not but it looks like it and he, he during the solo rubs it up against the guitar and it makes this weird noise so i think that's how he does it just Wacky, yeah constantly reinventing shit special effects and so uh, i can't wait to get him on and uh you know working on other guests you know uh piper's coming in this friday yeah that's gonna be an interesting podcast yeah i mean like you and i are taking the approach of being two fans giving our opinions but right. he was there you know well and and he's gonna be interesting because he knows hogan as a man and he also knows and he also has known him as an opponent you know what i mean being 
being where he he's had years of hating the guy, and then he's also had years of going like, look, now we're both old men, we're both father. You know, Piper's big on that. I noticed that a lot. Uh, Piper equates a lot of things to like his life of being a father, and and he and he breaks it down a little bit differently now than he used to. You know, he sees the world differently now, and I'll be interested to see how he views this. Yeah, I mean, you know, Piper's been there, done that, but, you know, he's kind of censored because Stone Cold chasing after him, uh, you know. I have a feeling he's going to kind of say what I said, which is something like all the everything good that Hogan has done for the business should outweigh, you know, a, something stupid that he said. You know, it wasn't meant to be heard. Oh, you're right. But I mean, the reality is it's. Yeah, like, it's heard. It's, know, it is. It's heard. It's it's said in such a vile manner that. Uh, Dude, Chris Brown can be forgiven for punching a hot ass 21 year old Rihanna in the face and fucking up her face. And Hogan's going to go down for. Yeah, but it's just. Like, for basically being uh, an you know, an old school. Yeah. I mean, well, racist, you know, an, an old, old school racist, but not racist. You know, well, his problem was he was speaking into a recorder. I mean, well, apparently he didn't there. It was being illegally recorded by, I think Bubba, the love sponge. Is that who it was? That's a good friend. Uh, I think it was Bubba, the love sponge, but you know, Piper will be interesting. Cause you know, he's, he's there with Hogan for 30 or 40 years and uh, good luck. Stone cold trying to shut me down down because i'm outlaw i'm on i'm on my own so yeah. i'm on you got no, your earl's already got his money i'm untouchable because i is. probably got more money than you stone cold so <laughs> yeah. good luck He's untouchable i am I, i'm protected so uh, by the way if uh, there's any local uh people listening to this show saturday night is names night at the comedy store that's when daddy's name gets put on the front wall of the comedy store premium placement hey so, can i make a suggestion yeah you may want to go up there very early in the day say 10 o'clock 11 o'clock and make sure that the yahoo that's painting the names on their spells your fucking name correctly because he's been known to misspell names numerous times well, I hope it's not the guy who did the mural at the improv. I mean, Delray Del was up there and caught him misspelling his name when they were doing it and had to catch it. Oh, no. I, I, my name's kind of, you know, Skakel is. Uh, E-L-L-E. It could be fucked up very easily. Yeah, it could be uh, 1K, 3Ks. Hell, if uh, they got fucking Jared Leffin doing it, Earl could be spelled any number of ways. Oh, shit. It would be uh, Skrull Eckle. Uh, <laughs> Dude, did he, did he uh, get fired? I thought. No. I thought I heard somewhere that he got fired for the whole uh the way he was putting names up on the no i mean you can't fire him for being stupid uh <laughs> jesus you know adam said he's the worst employee he's seen in two years and that's saying something when you're labeled there was a guy who's been there less than a week asleep in the the back seat and he was the one that was supposed to be watching the door when you're labeled as the worst employee at the comedy store that's that's saying something that's like saying you're the most racist pro wrestler ever it's uh, it's <laughs> yeah. almost impossible to uh be uh, as bad as jared levin is but like i don't he doesn't do it on purpose like no you know, he just 
probably the mo- most popular pictures I have on my Instagram account, or I always take a picture of the marquee when Jared, who's also another uh, guest of Inappropriate Earl, uh, it would have been a great episode if he would have held the mic by his mouth. Instead. Oh, I thought he had the microphone upside down. No, he held the mic by his ankles, and it w- wasn't real good for optimum sound. But I take a picture of the marquee anytime Jared's responsible for putting the names up because it's either he's dyslexic or he's just stupid. And uh, Gerard Carmichael's name was spelled Jared Amical. And uh, <laughs> Duncan Trussell was Trussell Duncan. And Well, uh, he's, he's the same person that I went upstairs one day and he's asleep on a couch up in the belly room, green room. And I said, are you working tonight? And he said, yeah. And I said, oh, who's watching the door? And he gets the most confused look on his face and he says, oh, shit, I am and runs out. Um, well, that's and, and he's done that to numerous people. They um, find him asleep, laying around in various places. I'm trying to find his uh, very special episode. Jared Levin was uh, episode nine, actually, one of the early ones. Single uh, digit. Clocking in at uh, see, just under an hour. That's when he was when he got uh, used by the homeless girl. I couldn't take anymore. Now check out episode seven, Don Fry, and uh, just a little prep work for a big UFC card this uh, week. Uh, you know, Ronda Rousey fighting Beth Cohea. She'd be a great one for you to have on here. Yeah, she strikes me as the type that would do it. Uh, oh, I, sh- I think she would. I actually know one of her best friends, but uh, you know, it's like wow, how like you know, hit her after the fight. Give her yeah, like a yeah. week or two after the fight and then ask. She's in Brazil. She'd dig my uh, line of questioning. I think I'd be respectful. Would you fuck Ronda Rousey, Earl? I mean, um, do you have an attraction to her? Or are you one of those I mean, guys I like, like nah. tits, but, uh, and she's, you know, uh, yeah, she's pretty cute. Yeah, I, uh, I would. I think she's hot. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, you better make her come. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just put you in a fucking arm bar and, uh. Good luck with that. So yeah, uh, really. Uh, but yeah, she's an amazing fighter, and uh, there's really I feel sorry for this girl fighting her because uh, she talked a lot of shit and made fun of her dad's suicide. Ronda Rousey's dad committed suicide, uh, and I was gonna okay that explains. She kind of did a joke about it. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I saw today a picture of Ronda Rousey, and you know how she writes things on her uh, fist wraps, and it said like "my lovely fa- my lovely" on one arm, and then "father" on the other, and I was like, well, "What's that all about?" So yeah, that's uh, okay. This, yeah, this girl's gonna die. I mean, this girl's tough. She could, uh, you know, but she's got a be- horrible body type to fight Rousey because she's kind of short and stocky, and she, you know, she to get uh, I mean, she's a very powerful puncher, but to get to her, she's gonna have to get close enough to Rousey, and that's where the problems start for her because. Then Rousey will just put her in a judo toss and, you know, she will break her arm. My, that is my prediction. Uh, oh, she I'm sure, will she's, I'm break sure her that's arm. a goal. She will not let go. And she's in a great position because UFC won't fine her. No. Or they might on paper say, listen, we got to find you 10 grand just for, you know, not letting go of the hold. But uh, they, they probably won't. Yeah, her uh, endorsements will co- cover that kind of shit. And then uh, I don't know who she'd fight. I mean, there's. You're really, going to have uh, Danish and O'Neill over in podcast. That we one. might. We might. It's funny. I go two weeks without a podcast, but I might do three and four days. Uh, you would eat Rogan now? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to. I would love to have Rogan set up, but uh, baby steps. I mean, that's uh, get my yourself goal. a red band to help out. And yeah, but I like being on my. I love red band. He's always good to me. But I like being on my own. You know. I know, but somebody to do the technical stuff so you can just do the interviewing and not have to worry about 
It's pretty easy, though. I mean, it takes. I'll release this tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I've actually done some research on when the best time it, it, to release podcasts, and it seems like about 7 in the morning West Coast time because then, you know, uh, people on the East Coast can listen at work and, and uh, whatnot. Well, and I like that you do them randomly because so many people do them on, on Monday that... Uh, you sometimes you feel ambushed because you got like twelve of them all at once. But if if I refresh my podcast and only like two pop up, I'll usually grab one of those two. Yeah, I mean, I try and be a little different. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's it's not exactly an original uh, idea. You know what I'm doing here? It's just well, it's hard know. to break out. I mean, well, it's hard, yeah. there's so much. There's so many people doing podcasts like bad ones but you know there's some good all, ones dude too. all kinds i mean a lot of the ones that people think are great i think are terrible so it's just you know i try and take the uh get some interesting guests you know the 80s people and you know i've reached out to adrian's med uh which would i think be pretty funny uh you know and, and certain rock and rollers uh i would like to get on and uh you know just people who move the numbers and then i have people like you on my friends who uh, i get along with and you know, I think we're already at an hour. It seems like 10 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, which is, uh, you know, the whole point is to, uh, you know, get people to just feel like it's. Dude, I, um, I love watching you host the Tom Green thing. You really got to consider doing something like that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love like, to- like something where you're taking calls and you have, uh, have it video because it, it's really a great format for you like you really are funny on that well, i would love to do that i mean I would, you know at some point i uh if i can ever sell all my hockey jerseys uh i would turn the second bedroom into like almost like tom green did his living room uh, he did the show of his living room right, uh, right that's what i envision up there you know phone calls skype uh you know live i know tom green shows live on youtube uh you know well, have you, are, are you serious about selling those jerseys why don't you contact some of the sports memorabilia places there and have them list them for there's some things in the mix i mean uh i've got uh several uh well let me know what you end up you if know. you end up doing the same thing with the shoes let me know before you go fucking crazy on getting rid of shoes well, i probably wouldn't sell the shoes because i would wear them uh, yeah i was gonna say man you've got some r- really colorful shoes up there you can't just be ditching that shit oh no i just you know i don't wear the jerseys anymore and you know i've acquired so many and and you know last couple keep your years. favorite 20 or something and then i probably keep like all of donald brashear's jerseys because he's my favorite player yeah and uh you know it's funny he's uh he's probably one of the most hated fighters in the last 20 years because he was kind of cocky and like he wasn't was, he the big fighter he was a big black dude that guy got whacked over the head with a stick by mcsorley and then uh don't tell hogan you know he was like yeah i don't think uh, hulk hogan would be a fan <laughs> put of him that. in an angle <laughs> i'm guessing hogan wouldn't be a fan of donald brashear george i'm LaRock. guessing he would if he thought he could make some money out of it oh i don't think uh you know if the, the only way hogan could come back in wrestling is if jeff jarrett's pr- promotion which is desperate for attention mr america would hire him hire he'd come back as mr america with the blue blazer mask on remember when he had that gimmick going yeah, it's awful i mean uh, <laughs> maybe he could uh say he's the owner of uh african-american apparel and uh, oh shit 
to oh, hey, Carlos. maybe this is just a ruse, man. Maybe this is just a, a old Carlos Herrera movie. That's a Carlos Herrera joke, by the way, that he shops at African American Apparel. It's Carlos Herrera, the first guest of Inappropriate Earl. Where the fuck's he been, man? He's, I, he's been on the scene. He was the very first guest on Inappropriate Earl way back. Uh, I'm gonna look it up uh, when we did that. Uh, way back, uh, when was that very first episode? Uh, Probably a year and a half ago. Maybe, uh, I can't get my computer to work here. Uh, Inappropriate Earl was one year ago. Carl Carlos Herrera, episode one with the great Eric back in the New York Gruber, uh, two of my good buddies in comedy. And then uh, Danish and O'Neill uh, came in for episode two to recap UFC 168. So uh, we're just cranking them out here, inappropriate Earl. And, uh, you know, doing the best we can. And uh, Jeff Richards uh, will come back. He was uh, one of the early guests. And, uh, Trying to get the, the there's a uh, deleted episode uh, that I is on this uh, laptop, but it w- wasn't really recorded well with the great Jason Galern. Jason Galern. Oh, dude, one of my favorite people. Actually, the very dude. first guest on Inappropriate Earl. Yeah, he's such a funny dude. Him and Jason Washington, who was a comedy store doorman who got into porn uh, after the uh, comedy career didn't really work out. Um, so, Casualty uh, of the comedy store. I'm going to to uh, have to get them uh, to come back. Uh, definitely Jason. I don't uh, I don't know if Washington would come back because he had to take like eight buses that day to get here. But and, it was uh, a great I t- episode. I take it the porn career is working out quite like comedy career. I think he's on like Bang Brothers and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know what a porn star is these days. It's certainly, they don't certainly make them like they used to. The Ron Jeremy's, the oh, Jamie Gillis's. They don't Gillis's, last very long, do they? The Herschel Savages, the TT Boys, the Tom Byron's, Max Jesus, Hardcore. man, for somebody that doesn't watch porn, you sure as hell can list off the entire Hall of Fame roster. You know, uh, Lexington Steel, Vince Foyer, Mr. Marcus. Michael J. Cox. Yeah, Michael J. Cox. Very good. He was in The uh, Secret of My Excess. And, uh, who who else? I mean, too too many. I know more of the guys than Jeff Stryker, the gay porn star. Randy West. Yeah. Oh, I love Randy West. I would love to. Uh, I tried to get Jenna Jameson to come on, and she didn't say no, but she didn't exactly say yes either. I think the guys are more interesting to talk to than the women. But Jenna Jameson's like, well, she's like the Wayne Gretzky of female porn stars. I yeah. Mean, there's, there's her, and then there's everybody else. And I just think her... Uh, career, you know, being married to Tito Ortiz, and that's true. You know, just a great, uh, you know, being in Howard Stern's movie. I mean, not many porn stars can uh, transcend into real films. I mean, Tracy Lords is. Dude, she looks like shit now, though. You didn't. She didn't even. Oh look yeah, she like looks herself. like Brett Michaels. Uh, yeah, she just didn't even. She used to have such a pretty face, man. It's like. Uh, I've yet to see plastic surgery work for anyone. Uh, it never works. Uh, always makes you look like too plastic. Yeah, just don't do it. Just, I mean, maybe good tit job. Uh, you can, you know, go make. get a facial or something. I mean, just do the skin tightening, but not. You don't have to go the route of actually pulling shit, removing shit. She was actually planning shit. You know, really pretty when she was a little chunky. You end up looking like Gene Simmons when you're done. Yeah, he looks ridiculous. Paul Stanley, look, you know, I don't like how he looks with all his. He looks like he's in a wind tunnel. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, that's why I like Ace. He doesn't give a fuck. He's got bad skin, greasy face, you know. Uh, I mean, th- I think he always did, too, didn't he? Yeah, but he could have gotten, he's got the money to get plastic surgery. And, you know, he just said, this is me. So, you know, I like guys who, or, and girls who just, you know, stay true to their looks. And you look at a guy like Sam Elliott. He looks great. He hasn't never well, had any I mean, work That's done. his work, man. His work is just being a character look. But that was probably the best part of Montreal was uh, the great uh, director Jason Reitman, son of Ivan Reitman, but he's uh, an accomplished director in his own right now. What did know. he? What has he done? He's done Juno. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I think uh, I want to say thank you for not smoking, but I might be. I, I know. I think he did that as well. He had a live read of The Big Lebowski. Oh, I love that. That's that was like one of my. That was the first movie I saw when I came to visit. Los Angeles, the first time my friend that I came to stay with said, you have to see this movie if you're going to live here. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, I, I'm not like a super huge fan of the movie, but uh, it was... Real, uh, I would think that you would love it. No, I like it. I just, you know, it's just never really got into it, but uh, I am a fan after seeing the table, or not table read, but uh, like it was a theater read, like it was 800 people lying around the block twice to get into this theater uh, where you had Michael Fassbender as the dude, and he's great. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Judge from Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah. He had the Sam Elliott-like voice. He's uh, often at the comedy store. Yeah, but he, if you close nice your guy. eyes, you would have thought it was Sam Elliott. And uh, Mae Whitman, was, uh, she was really cool. Jennifer Lawrence, oh, yeah, yeah. very cool. Dennis Quaid was a surprise. Uh, that was probably the neatest I would have loved to see Randy Quaid. Yeah, well, that's probably not going to happen. But uh, Now, that's you know. somebody you could get on the podcast. Yeah, I could definitely get Cousin Eddie from Vacation, especially now that Vacation's in theaters again. Uh, you that know, guy would definitely have some... He would definitely have some uh, controversial things to say. That's what I want. I want. So I want to break the internet. Like Marin got Obama. You know, I'm not going to top that, but I can certainly. Uh, you know, the number one. You get Axel. It might be pretty close. Uh, Axel Foley. I'm working on getting <laughs> Axel Foley. Uh, That'd be a good but, one. Uh, you know, that's the number one. Dude, thing. what about Arsenio? Ask Arsenio. He probably would do it. He probably uh, would do it. You know, I saw. I don't think anybody's asked him. Uh, you know, it's just I find that a lot of people will do it if you just ask them, but they're, they're still kind of unfamiliar with what a podcast is. I mean, people, Arsenio knows. Well, and what you don't realize is that if you are not asking people, it, you're you're never gonna you're never gonna get them on there if you're not asking them. I think it was uh, Joey Diaz was one day was telling me that he was walking through the hall when he first came back to the comedy store and Sebastian yelled at him. He was like, "When the fuck are you gonna have me on your podcast?" And he's like. I just didn't. I just didn't even think he'd want to be on it. And here he's sitting here going, "When the fuck are you going to have me on?" You know? Oh yeah. I mean, you just so, gotta ask. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, most of those guys, they're just they don't. They're not going to go up to you and go, "Hey, can I be on your podcast?" But they want to be asked. I went up to a pretty big name actor the other day at Equinox and said, "Hey, man, will you?" be on my podcast and he's like with that voice absolutely and uh was it know, Corey feldman no no it's a pretty big name character actor and uh, i don't want to jinx it but uh you know he's you know been probably one of the more if not the most prolific character actor of the last 30 years greg henry and it's a name like who's that but yeah you, you know, he's been in everything he's like the new he's like this generation's m m at walsh where his IMDB page is probably well over a hundred films. And, uh, I just think I told him, I'm like, Hey man, I, I want to 
have you on my show? And he looks at me kind of like, why me? I'm like, because you've been an actual working actor for 30 years in huge films from Scarface to Payback to, you know, you were in Hung. It was in that uh, HBO uh, oh, okay. sh show Hung. It was really funny. Uh, and I just like, you know, you don't really hear from people like him you know like he's close to being a star but he's you know gets a second like a in, star that you don't know the name yeah of. like in hung he was the coach like the assistant coach uh you know and it was great that was a great show man but uh you know uh <laughs> who would have guessed that you'd like a, a show about dick? But a guy with a huge dick, uh, you know, just and, and and that was the guy, Thomas Jane, you know, I had no idea that was the guy from Boogie Nights. Like I never because he looks different than he was in Boogie Nights and I never knew his name from Boogie Nights, but uh, he, he was awesome in that. And uh, so, you know, I'm trying to get these guests, you know, it's not as easy as people think, you know, but, uh, you know, I try and ask people who want the attention. Like I thought Adrian's mad. This guy hasn't been on a talk show in 20 years. Uh, but it's, you know, it's kind of a struggle, but, but uh, we're going back and forth. And, uh, I mean, that's a guy, what a fascinating interview he would be. His first two films are like, you know, he's in bachelor party with Tom Hanks and then Grease two with Michelle Pfeiffer. And then he's the takes over for, from Denny Terry on dance fever. Well, you know. dude, there's another guy that I really, I really think that you should have on here. Um, a couple of years ago, a buddy of mine lived in this fucking slum apartment over on the corner of uh, Vine and um, uh, Lexington, where that Taco Bell is. Right. Uh, the guy who manages buildings always sitting in the office one day, and I go up there and I'm I'm trying to buzz my buddy, and the guy comes out and lets me in, and I go up there and I go. Your fucking landlord, your apartment guy, he's always in that office, like constantly. You ever wonder, like, what the fuck that guy's story is? And he goes, Oh, dude, he's famous. And I go, What do you mean he's famous? He goes, Oh, look him up on IMD. Or he goes, uh, Look him up on Wikipedia. He says his name's Joe D'Alessandro. This fucking guy was Andy Warhol's, like, the star of all of Andy Warhol's movies. He was the, uh, the dick pic from uh, Rolling Stone Sticky Fingers, like that was his photo with the zipper. Oh wow! He was um, he was on the cover of the first Smiths album. He was in um, he's the little Joe mentioned in Walk on the Wild Side by Lou Reed. I mean, this guy and he's literally he told me the story. He goes, basically, what happened was he got paid in drugs. Like Andy Warhol just paid him in like cocaine and drugs and shit while they were around. Never really any money. So when they quit making the movies, he got offered to go to Italy and he made movies for like 10 years. His mom lived in that building he manages now and she was sick. So he came back just to like get her taken care of and stuff. The manager was moving out and said, hey, I got to find somebody to to manage this place. Do you know anybody? And he starts doing the math in his head and he's like, I could just retire now and live here and do this and I'd never have to work again. And that's what he's done. He doesn't look like he like bathes every day. He doesn't shave every day. He smokes cigarettes, chain smokes and everything. But this dude used to be, he's known as like the first gay sex symbol, but he wasn't gay. Well, he, or, I mean, he did some, I mean, he's like nude in the Andy Warhol movies and stuff, but he was, he was made to be like the first sex symbol. This dude, this dude's literally like a few blocks away. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I'll interview anybody. Oh yeah. This guy's, I mean, it's, 
He was in that, uh, what was the uh, Crybaby, the Johnny Depp movie that uh, John Waters directed? Was that the one about Divine? No, that was uh, Pink Flamingos. Okay. But, but, um, I think I'd know my gay history more. <laughs> yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd think so. You know, I'd really like to get his RuPaul. I mean, he, oh, oh, dude, he's, he I used or to, she is around here. I used to work at the Tower Records on Hollywood Boulevard and he used to come in there all the time in his, uh, in like his man clothes and stuff. And he was extremely nice and witty. He would really be a great guest. Yeah. I'm trying to get some of the cast, uh, you know, he'd be a great guest, you know, he's, he's got a pretty big history. And, uh, and then, you know, I'm trying to go after reality TV stars, you know, cause they have followings, you know, Alex Phillips, man, Alex Phillips, great, uh, friend of get mine. him in here. Uh, that guy's really interesting. Yeah, he's an interesting dude. Uh, but he I, he won one of those MTV reality shows. I have my sights set on right now some of the cast of Vanderpump Rules. What the fuck's that? That's that show on E about uh, the pump and uh, Sir restaurants uh, in West Hollywood, and it's just you know it's like the Jersey Shore, but you know based around West Hollywood, and uh, you know <laughs> that sounds that sounds exactly like the kind of thing that you'd be into. Yeah, but you got to get you know they have followings. Did you interview? the guy that works down at the dick pill store yeah you know i gotta get people who move numbers yeah it's true yeah west uh, that by the way that's west Varan at uh, n101 in west hollywood if you are local to the scene and you want to look as good as i do and i challenge challenge any of you filthy animals to find a 46 year old with the body and dick i have uh (laughs) natural Never a steroid in my life, and I got girls who are teenagers wanting to make love now to listen, me. Earl Skakel has turned down more pussy than most of yeah. you have even seen in your life. I've forgotten more about pussy than all you guys listening have gotten, so don't worry about me. I'm doing all right for myself, even though I've had sex with girls younger than my nieces. So you just <laughs> Jesus put that in your piece But pipe not as nieces. Let's be put clear that in your that. peace pipe and smoke it. You did so, generate. You know, it's the perks of stand-up comedy. You know, it's the way it is. Become, yeah. become good at something. I you, think that's why most people become stand-up comics. Well, I did it because I'm good at it. But, uh, you know, can always get better, though. Can always get better. So That's uh, true. You know, uh, but come Saturday night if you're local, Comedy Store Names Night. It's a big deal. It's you basically. Are you doing kid. a set that night as well? Yep. Everyone who got passed uh, will get sets. Tom Green will be there. Uh, Eric Myers, Candace Thompson. Dude, he's really funny. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. I saw him for the first time and he was really fucking funny. Rumors of a Rob Schneider appearance. Uh, you know, he might be there. Probably uh, David Spade. I think he's going up on the yeah, wall. He's getting he? uh, David Spade will be going up on the wall. Rob Schneider, Tom Green. Make sure you got a copy of the dick pic for yeah. all of them. I think Donnell Rawlings, very funny guy. Uh, is Hannibal already on the wall? Or yeah, is he... he's on the wall already. Okay, last year then. So uh, should be an amazing lineup. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's uh, probably a good way to end it on a positive note. Yeah. Uh, do you got anything you want to plug? Uh... Uh, no, in about an hour, it's my birthday. Other than that, oh really? Uh, yeah. Other than that, I got really nothing. Yeah, where are you going to spend your birthday? At the comedy store? Um, I'll go. I think I'm going to go there tonight. I got to work for a few hours tomorrow, but and then I have an audition tomorrow. What's so the audition for? Um, it's for a commercial. 
But oh, you can't say that. Yeah. Well, I don't, dude. Now commercials, you kind of don't know. It does, a lot of times, I get called in for shit that has a make believe name or oh, whatever, right. and then once you book it and you show up on set, then you find out it's like a Google commercial or something, what? Apple shit like that. So I don't know exactly yet. I just know I'm my agent sent me the tag to go That's in cool. for it. So hey, I just had a call back for a Plan B commercial where I played the creepy cab driver. So oh, you dude, know. you'll book that for sure. Well, my friend was running it, but that shows you the business i didn't get it so <laughs> well you know i mean literally my friend was running the audition and uh, <laughs> that's that's business for is you. insane up and comers man i had a call back the other day for uh a series of commercials with kevin nealon and and they'll be played a lot uh, well yeah i mean he's in everything i think it's for com some comcast cable or some cable company or whatever and it was the greatest audition I've ever had in my life. In 20 years of auditioning, I thought, there's no way I didn't book this. I mean, it was, you know how you get a call back, there's like five, six people in the room instead of just the one camera yeah, guy. Yeah, when you first yeah. Yeah, you're in. down to the heavies. You're down to like the producers, probably the couple writers, the advertising people that, uh, you know, whoever. There's like six, seven people in the room. And then there's a, a partition behind them, a, a, probably the big boss man the the money people it's the people throwing the money at this project usually and i was doing so well at one point the guy walked around the partition i was like what's going on in here because they were all cracking up i thought there's no way i'm not at least going to be get avails for this commercial. yeah of course and avails for those of you not uh familiar with commercial or casting process and movies as well just as one more blue ball step yeah you get put on avails and that's when they're basically saying we're either picking you or two other people but we have to make sure you're available for next week and uh, i didn't even get put on avails for this so it's a crazy business but i would love to get some of that national commercial money so i can me just... too man i did I, I did sign up for a new uh class that's gonna help with that kind of shit just with auditioning and it's the guy that used to cast mash for like fucking 10 seasons or whatever he's taught it for years and when i met drew carey years ago actually it was like two years ago he recommended me take this class and then i saw this class on tough enough they sent all the wrestlers to, from tough enough to this guy to learn how to bring out their characters so i was like okay i'm gonna check this out and went and did like an introductory class and it sounds awesome so i'm taking like a four-day class from this guy in the like three weeks so hopefully that'll help with the auditioning process just getting finding out how to present yourself a little better or whatever i mean i'm uh i don't know i, I don't really believe in classes for commercials because it's like it's such a visual look i mean commercials are all visual it is but uh kind of what this one is is it's more about like uh figuring out how other people see you and making the impression you want in the room and like that three minutes that you have, you know, like one of his things, he's like some people, like what, what are people's first impression of you and how is it different than who you really are? And then how do you bring across who you really are in the audition room when this person that's first meeting you is seeing, you know, like if somebody looked at you and just goes, okay, I see a guy with glasses and short hair. So he's probably like into computers and shit, but you're not into computers at all. You know, you're a rocker, you're into comedy. So it's it's kind of more, more one of those like how to how to bring across your personality in the room quicker and just that kind of shit. Oh yeah, I mean it's a tax know, write off, you know. I mean, you know, I uh I don't even think they know what they're looking for. It's just when they see they it, don't like, they don't, it. but casting directors sometimes when they see that you've taken certain classes, they go, Well, at least 
at least this guy knows what he's doing because he's taking the right classes. So I'll at least check him out once or twice or whatever. For me, it's just getting in the room. I just got to meet these people and get in the room and, you know, differentiate myself from the rest of these ham and eggers. Ham and what? Ham and eggers. Oh, eggers. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to have a I know. New, this is uh, the Hogan podcast. We're going to have brothers. a new uh, contest. Name three episodes of which the N-word was still on the show. <laughs> but uh, where, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm at Jordan the Lion. Jordan the Lion. Pretty much across the board. Instagram. Facebook. Uh, Periscope. Facebook, Facebook, you're just Jordan Lee, right? Yeah, I'm Jordan Lee. Are Lian. there more than like, are there like a zillion Jordan Lees? Or? Well, dude, uh, when I first got into music and put out my first record, we found out very shortly that there was a Jordan Lee who was the anal queen porn star of the internet. So what made you switch from that to music? <laughs> Check out Jordan. He's a good dude. Uh, if you have trouble finding him on Facebook, just go on my friend list and uh, type in know. anal queen. T- type in me. butt bonanza anal assassin by james harris book uh, kamala speaks yeah go on uh, www.kamalaspeaks.com he gets 100 percent of the uh proceeds and you know it's only 20 bucks but uh you know the guy uh i always say this when i was doing piper's podcast you know you, you say you're fans of these guys and you know this guy literally gave up his legs to to you know make us laugh and and be into pro wrestling uh, you know 20 bucks it's a it's a really good book actually it's very detailed oriented like he it's probably 400 pages of great stories and uh you know it's a sad Go listen to his music guys yeah. music too push it it's a great <laughs> great single off the lolita album it's got some uh, controversial lyrics yeah talking about pat patterson and uh, the brooklyn brawler boning in the hotel room next to him uh, i mean you would have thought desmond child wrote the lyrics <laughs> But uh, yeah, support Kamala. Uh, you know, <laughs> cut a check to the NAACP in Hulk Hogan's name, and uh, we'll be uh, back uh, Friday with uh, hopefully Friday with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and get his views on Hogan and and uh, you know uh, his uh, feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin and the whole you know podcast being canceled or taken down. That's uh, we, one I would have loved to have been a part of. We I- were on Earwolf uh, for I think two episodes. And that that uh, you know something went down there, so uh, you know, dude, he'll just send, he can go on all things comedy. Uh, yeah, Bill Burr I mean, would love to have there's, him. On uh, there. Hell, go on Death Squad. Uh, you know, if uh, eh, well, I mean, you know, there's there's options, or he could just do it out of uh, the inappropriate Earl uh, podcast exactly. videos. But uh, you know, I got enough trouble doing one podcast a week. Uh, I don't know if I want to you know take on uh, two. But uh, hey, dude, you might get some really interesting guests in here. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Uh, I'm bummed out because the week we got taken off the air, uh, Earwolf, which is the same network that the great Scalar brothers are on, uh, yeah. two of my faves, uh, we were supposed to have China in studio. So, uh, And there was rumors last night that China was at Roast Battle. Uh, really? I, I thought she's, a, she, I thought she's a, like a teacher in Japan now. Apparently not. I mean... Uh, uh, Did you hear about that? I have not. She was trying. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was saying like basically that after making the sex videos and stuff, she really had no options of of finding work now. So she was uh, 
had taken classes here on becoming one of those people that goes to like Japan and teaches English, like teaches them how to speak English and everything. She better teach herself English first. <laughs> but she's be the, I might, uh, I know someone who has her actual phone number. I might try and get her on. Uh, She'd have some stories you know, when she hooked up with a couple of those guys. Triple H, man. I mean, she fucking hates that guy. And Sean Walt, well, yeah, he never says anything nice about her. Yeah, but that's the girl like, you know, she's, that's like the perfect podcast guest for me because she's a little probably a little i don't know or so I, i'm assuming she's a little bitter but she's happy i mean she's still recognized did you get sunny on here i would get uh, she just didn't she just sign on to start doing porn within uh, the last month it's possible she I just mean, signed uh, like a porn contract my uh, last guest oh not my last guest but one of the last guests drew hannah from Wildside, uh legendary uh, la 80s uh, strip band uh he's uh, like one of the big wigs in porn now uh he has his own production company oh that's and, right that's right and he kind of wants out of it doesn't he yeah doesn't i mean he you know, he's got daughters and stuff yeah I'm, right i'm sure uh once you have daughters and stuff you don't really want to you know be hey ask kogan man well, you know if i ran everything into changes him. when it comes to having daughters and uh Thanks to my uh, good friend, Kristen Arndt, uh, someone I used to work with at the Sports Connection uh, literally 25 years ago. Uh, she has a potential of getting me in touch with Carl Weathers. So uh, the great Apollo Creed, which would be topical because the movie Creed now is coming out soon. And uh, I could help. I could possibly tell you where he lives and you could just go knock on his. Door I know where he lives and say in Santa Monica. Well, I mean, let's not give out where he lives, but he doesn't live in Santa Monica, but he lives very close to there. Right. And I know because I know some people that threw some trash out their window and apparently it landed in his yard and he showed up at their house the next day because he found an address inside the bag. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't want to piss off Apollo Creed. No, you do not. I think they should have done it. He was Chubbs, man, from Happy Gilmore, too. Chubbs. He was also in Force 10 from Navarone and he was Dylan from Predator. I was waiting on that. Uh, Earl Skakely, you... My goal, my dream would be to see you at Comic-Con doing a roundtable with the entire cast of the first Predator. Oh, yeah. I, well, I have an autographed picture of Sonny Landham up in my bedroom. He was the Indian. Uh, you know, we could get Bill Duke, who said he would come on this show. Uh, legendary uh, director. You're going to have to get it sponsored by Uber and just send an Uber to pick these people up. And well, then they don't I have to. I mean, seriously, then they don't have to worry about driving over, looking for parking or anything. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, ideally, you know, obviously at some point I want to start making money on this podcast. And, right. Know, you get uh, you well know. as much of the as much of the you talk about the supplements. You got to talk, get Rogan yeah, but they're not on it and shit like that. You know, at the at the end of the day, they'll probably give me free supplements, which is nice. But you know, I, I need like I need that one guest that people are gonna go, how did he get on that show? Yeah, you know, I need that. You know, uh, uh, you know, someone who's Donald not, Trump. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I need. Uh, I mean, you know. I mean, five, six years ago, Marin's manager said, don't do the podcast. You'll never make any money on it. Yeah, that's so, true. And now he is the president of the free world on it. So Ari, I mean, from what Taylor told me, Ari was like pretty much paying his entire, all of his bills living in New York City at one point just off the podcast. So oh, yeah. Possible. I mean, you could, you know, you get the numbers, you get, uh, you know, uh, ads. The video game, what was that? The video game service used to pay, I think. They used to give Ari like 20 bucks or something like that for every person that did a trial. Oh, yeah. 13 I mean, bucks, something like that. You know, there's definitely ways to make money, but, uh, 
you know, I'm uh, just trying to figure that out. I mean, I'm a relatively new podcast. I mean, just 72 episodes. Yeah, so. and, you, and you're not on a network that's but I love not constantly. Being on a network. I know, but what people that are on networks like pretty much have every podcast that's on there promoting their show, mentioning it whenever they do one, just kind of cross-promoting so you don't have the luxury of that. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I know Eddie Ift has asked me to do his podcast, which he's he's got a big following. The Sklar brothers, uh, you know, have... Uh you know, asked me to be on their podcast. And, uh, so that would be big, uh, you know, and, uh, I think I'll, uh, try and get Rob Schneider on, uh, again, you know, the first time I had Rob on was, uh, at the death of Robin Williams. So it was kind of rushed and, uh, I'd like to get him on. Uh, well, I'd love you for you to have David Spade on and do an episode about like the new Chris Farley uh, yeah, yeah. documentary and have maybe him, Talking about Chris, well, I could get John Farley on. Who uh, right, Kevin? I did. Uh, no, yeah, uh, Kevin. Well, Farley. actually, John Farley. Uh, I meant to say Kevin because I'm uh, more uh, friends with Kevin than John. Right, uh, but uh, Dude, John they was look in, so uh, much alike. I saw John him. was in Benchwarmers. Oh, okay. And uh, Kevin's awesome. So because uh, that way, then you're not. I mean, it's like pretty much you're having those guys come in here, and they're not. They don't have to talk about themselves. Yeah, but you know, it's some also, people don't want to talk about themselves. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure David Spade doesn't want to come in here and have you asking him what it's like to lick Heather Locklear's pussy. He probably would like that, but <laughs> you know, and that would be the first question because I'm mean, sure it would. Spade's what they call in the business a real coxman. So. <laughs> and I'm trying to get Delia on. Delia said he would do it. Uh, Brent Morin said he would do it. Uh, and they're cool guys. I got to Ron uh, Funches would be good. He's he likes wrestling. Funches and shit. would be He's great. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I probably should have brought my uh, recorder with me to Montreal, but it's so crazy. There. I thought you were going to because you said you were going to do a, a handful of podcasts. It's so crazy there after, the, you know, after our show was the last show of the night. So everyone would come to our show, Chappelle and, yeah. and the writer of The Hangover and, and uh, Mike Judge. And then you go out to these after parties and you have to go to them. You, right, right. Yeah, it's part of the being seen shit. There wasn't one night you could say, I'm, I'm tired tonight. I, I, you know, you be had, tired you, some other night, man. That's what you're there for to be to be yeah. people i mean i did more networking in five nights than literally 10 years did you feel like whitney uh i mean yeah whitney cummings it's got to work the room and yeah. uh you know uh the, the one uh, night uh jason reitman had a special like a section cordoned off just for him and that was like probably uh the greatest uh, 50 60 minutes of networking i've ever done in my life because you know it's like anyone who was in that little area looked at everyone else in that area going, you got to be someone. So I'm going to be nice to you. Yeah. So, and I had a, like a pretty big manager come up to me, say, what's your deal and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I ho hopefully uh, something will uh, come of that. I'm sure. Well, you, you're not lacking in talent. It's just exposure. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, talent means nothing in this business. That's true. You know, that's definitely true. It's, uh, you know, I've always said, and I've said it many times before on this show, I, I wish I could be the talent coordinator at a uh, late night talk show to get m my funny friends on TV because I would put up uh, just as impressive as a comic as any TV comic you see going. But uh, you know the world. That's, I, dude, I was really excited when uh, at midnight came out because I thought that's what it would be, and it just it, it it feels like it just turns into the same twenty comics over and over again that they have on there. Like it's, but it's great if you're one of those twenty comics, right? I if mean, you're a nerd melt comic, it's perfect. But if you're it's the same thing. A comedy like, store guy, you're probably going to get overlooked unless yeah. you're on Comedy Central in some way. 
It's the same thing with like Chelsea lately. You know, it's like, you know, I tried a few times and not very hard, but I, you know, I did put somewhat of an effort to get on that show because, you know, you just, it's a, it was a huge thing to be on that right. channel. But, uh, you know, they pretty much used about, I think they used about the same 30 comics. But, you know, hey, good, good uh, God bless them, you know. So, uh, you know, but if a show like Roast Battle or, or the Roast Invitational, I'm not sure what it's called anymore, just right. to, for various reasons, uh, you know, if that gets on TV, uh, you know, uh, I think things will pick up for me. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But, are, you uh, still, are you still doing the, uh, the animated show? Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm doing the last episode. I think this week of the Jellies, Tyler Creators, uh, a cartoon series that's just on his app at Golf Media. So if you want to hear me, I think it gets released in August. But there is a. Uh, I think you have to have a subscription to that. It's five bucks a month. Okay. But he has so much stuff. I almost said shit, but I didn't want to say uh, that kind of derogatory. Yeah. He, he has so much stuff on it for five bucks a month. If you're a fan of his, it's worth it. Uh, you know, he's, he's got the, the jellies, the car- cartoon series coming in August. He's got, uh, other, uh, media on there, his music. And, uh, so, uh, hopefully, uh, I think that, you know, they haven't really told me what the plan is per se, but I, I think it's to put it out on the app and then maybe find a home for it at a, on a larger platform. Like, you know, are uh, they full episodes? Are they 15 oh, yeah. minutes oh, or 30? 30s? Full. Uh, oh, I don't exactly know how long they are, but they're, they're, they're not five minute episodes. They're okay. Full on uh, big time episodes. And uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm the only one who's in every episode because I'm the dad. Yeah. Uh, so, which became apart from the roast battle. I was talking shit to Tyler, the creator. Uh, I had no idea who he was. Uh, I just thought he was some skinny black dude. Still probably don't. <laughs> wearing a beanie. And, uh, you know, I, I the next day I got a call saying, hey, he wants you to be the voice of his uh, dad in the jellies. And I'm like, who is he? And uh, I looked him up on Twitter. God, this guy's got like 3 million followers and... Yeah, he's you big know, time. He's huge. He's got like clothing. He's like the new P. Diddy. He's got like yeah, clothing, exactly. Uh, clothing lines, music lines, phone apps, uh, multiple shows. I think on Adult Swim. Fuck yeah! Now he's got Notorious Earl in his quarter. Hopefully, I mean, you know, it's 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 really funny show. So it's about his dysfunctional family of jellyfish, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, they have, they have some big, uh, big guest star. Uh, they're trying to line up some big voiceover guest stars for it, which would be great. I can't say who, but, uh, you know, it'd be pretty neat if they got who they are trying to get. And uh, so look for that. Tyler, the creator, follow him on Twitter and uh, follow me. Uh, you know, it's uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's just Earl Skakel, S-K-A-K-E-L. And, uh, of course, listen to this podcast, please, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Retweet it and favor it if you can. It helps. You know, the bigger numbers, you know, and get better guests. So uh, this is Buy a- Earl's shirt. I don't have a shirt to buy, to be honest well, with you. Then uh, get on Earl to buy it to make a shirt. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I might, I know Pro Wrestling Tees, you can actually, they do everything. It's yeah. Where I bought uh, two of Kamala's shirts. Uh, but they, uh, you have to have like a minimum fan. I think they look at your Twitter following and, and okay. you have to have like uh, a lot of followers or else they charge you like, you know, triple the amount, Oh, I see. which I understand, you know, you can't just sign on someone who's going to sell six t-shirts. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, so I'm trying to, uh, you know, maybe come up with a t-shirt idea, but I want to be a little more established before I start selling shirts to, 
you know, eight people. Um, you know, maybe. Uh, I still like the one that Al Hoffman came up with for you. That I thought that was very. Which one was that? It was. It was basically like you as an, a Calvin Klein ad, but you had a barbell in your in your uh, inside your underwear. Oh, okay. <laughs> like sticking out, so it looked like a boner. I thought of doing one called the Pearl Necklace, the Earl Necklace. <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, that was something. Something like that would probably sell. You know, what I wanted was I wanted him to do like a mock-up of you as the old like Gold's Gym logo, like that guy right. struggling and like, but with the glasses and. So if someone out there wants to design, I don't know. I know uh, Vince, uh, Prince Vince. He's very good at designs. Uh, follow him, Prince Vince, on the Facebook. Uh, he always comes up with some funny uh, memes, I guess you'd call them, of me and, you know, puts me in, like, pictures with rat. And <laughs> it's like that picture of the happy traveler. Like, they show that guy on top of Tower 2 waving on 9-11 with the plane about to crash into the building. It's, you know, it's obviously it's not a funny story, but it's just a funny picture. And then he's on the Titanic. He's on the bow of the Titanic. Right? <laughs> and then he's on, like, the Hindenburg and the... You know, in the control room, right as it's about to blow up. So, uh, yeah, if you, you know, if you guys got suggestions for Earl to make money, believe me, I'm open to them. You know, tweet me at Earl Skakel, Facebook. I'm not at my uh, limit on my personal page. Uh, and uh, don't buy my album, uh, Earl Alive, on iTunes because I don't get the money anymore. I don't know where the money goes for that anymore. So, I have people tweet me all the time, hey, I really liked your album on iTunes. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I didn't renew with uh, TuneCore, so I I literally don't know where that money goes. So uh, I think I sold like a hundred copies of it. As you know, wasn't the best album. But I I'm happy of the material on the album, but I f forgot uh, to face uh, the recorder to the audience. So <laughs> is that what it is? You literally. I was wondering. It's a kind of weird recording. My voice sounds killer. But it still sounds better than some of Stephen Piercy's uh, early rat recordings, which sounded like they were recorded through a running faucet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love Stephen Piercy, the most downloaded episode by far of Inappropriate Earl. So go on, uh, what's well, not his page, but uh, support his product, the only sponsor of Inappropriate Earl, at Mike Knuckles on Twitter. That's M I C Knuckles. And uh, if you're a comic or a musician, uh, or any job where you have to hold a mic. There's like 80 different styles of mic knuckles. They look cool. And uh, as always, thank you to Stevie Rochelle, the purveyor of MetalSludge.tv and singer of the band Tough. Uh, he provides the soundtrack, the music to Inappropriate Earl, and he has since day one. And uh, yes, I do advertise on Metal Sludge, but he's a good friend and a great rocker, still keeping the 80s alive on that site. So uh, support MetalSludge.tv. And uh, this has been a great episode of Inappropriate Earl. A, a good episode to get my feet uh, wet again back in the podcasting game so thank you to Jordan Lee and uh, you know guys uh, just uh, try and uh, get the word out about this podcast Rowdy Roddy Piper coming out Friday Hulk Hogan brother 